Welcome to Talking About Pigs with SMEC, a podcast for individuals from the Swine Medicine Education Center discuss swine health topics over coffee. My name is Dr. Meredith Peterson. I'm a postdoc and veterinarian with Swine Medicine Education Center. And with me, I have Dr. Gabby Dawn. Hi, thanks for having me on the podcast today. I'm Dr. Gabby Dawn. I'm also a veterinarian and postdoc with the Swine Medicine Education Center. And uh, my research is actually focused on waterline biology and understanding waterline disinfectants in swine farms. Yeah, so once we get into the questions today, you'll see that Dr. Don is a, a great guest to have with us. So we're excited to have you. Thanks for coming. So an overview on the podcast, we are producer focused. Each episode is focused on a different swine health topic of interest, pork producers. All of the topics are generated from producer submitted questions. If you have a question you'd like focused on the podcast, please send it to us via email at isusmec at iastate.edu. That's I-S-U-S-M-E-C at iastate.edu. So what we'll do is we'll take your question, we'll kind of review the current scientific knowledge on the topic, and then give you some tangible takeaways that you can use on farm today. So with that, let's get into the topic for today. The submitted questions were all about water lines and water line cleaning. The questions were, what type of cleaners are best? How often should we do it? Is there any data that shows impacts of water meds uh, being affected by dirty water lines? And so really, we kind of dug into this from a little different perspective. So before we get to the cleaner portion, we really need to talk about sampling and testing of the water because that really dictates what cleaners we use. So we'll kind of give you some background and guidelines on sampling and testing and then dig deeper into the actual disinfectants themselves, when to use them, what they are, all that fun stuff. So with that, we'll kind of get into sampling and testing. So like I mentioned, not all disinfectants are kind of a one-size-fits-all approach. So you need to know what's growing in your water line, what you have issues with before you select a cleaner or a disinfectant. So you need to do site-specific water quality testing. And there's kind of two main goals of of cleaning and disinfection. And so the first is to break down that mineral framework. There's minerals basically lining the edge of the water lines, and that gives a spot for biofilm to form and can lead to water line restriction. So we want to break that down. And then we also want to reduce and kill the biofilm itself. So the the microbes and um, other stuff that's growing, kind of the sludge on the edges of the water lines that's growing in there. So some guidelines for water sampling, we recommend doing a water quality, trace mineral, and coliform analysis on your water samples. And so when you're collecting samples in the barn, what you want to do is use a sterile plastic container. You can use something that you washed or isn't sterile, but then your results are going to be harder to interpret. You won't know if what you found on your test was contamination uh, from the container or if it's truly what's in the water. It's also important to go to certain locations for sampling. So we wanna know both the quality of the water coming into the barn, so as close to the water source as possible. A lot of times this will be like a spigot in the office. It's as close to the well or as close to the the rural water as possible. But then we also wanna know what's that water like at the pig level or at the end of the lines. So we wanna get a sample from close to the source as well as at the end of a flush line or at a water nipple itself. That way we kind of know, is there biofilm um, or is there some sort of biology in the water lines from the source to the pigs? And kind of that's the area that we can treat. So we want to sample from those two spots. Uh, When we go to sample, make sure you disinfect the surface. So you can do that by using like bleach soaked gauze 
or alcohol wipes. You can also use a flame torch to flame it. Just kind of a safety disclaimer there. There's obviously a lot of flammable gases in in, uh, pig farms. So you want to make sure if you're using that, you're doing that safely. So you want to disinfect the surface of that flush valve or that nipple that you're taking the water from. If you use bleach or alcohol, allow that to completely dry. That way it's not disinfecting the water that you're taking for your sample. You'll then want to turn the water on and let it flow for 20 to 30 seconds and then collect about 500 mils of water. Once you have that water collected, you'll want to submit it to a diagnostic lab within three days. And you want to keep those cool but not frozen. So if we freeze water samples, some of that biology testing can be changed. So like our coliform analysis where we're looking at what kind of bacteria or bacterial numbers in the water, that can be affected by freezing. So we want to, just like we would with tissue samples, keep them chilled and get them to the lab as quickly as possible. And then again, cleanliness is just really important through this process. So we want to avoid contamination so we know that the results we get are truly what's in the water. Another key point, it's really important to sample from multiple locations. So I mentioned sampling at the source and then sampling at the end of the line. But I think it's, if you can factor it into your diagnostic budget, actually Dr. Don has some data that's shown differences in that water quality based on the room or the well. Um, And so sampling from multiple different spots is kind of an important takeaway as well. Yeah, exactly. So in some of our data, we were looking at, you know, water quality differences between wells and then a couple of different rooms on wean to finish sites. And we actually found that there are differences even between rooms and in between the rooms and the well. So it is important to also, you know, not just to test the well to see if there's, you know, biology coming in um, through that route, but also within the rooms itself. Perfect. Do you mind talking through some of the like actual testing stuff? So I went through how we collect water, um, but do you mind chatting with us a little bit about what kind of tests we run and what those mean? Yeah, yep. So we want to get a water quality analysis. And so the water quality analysis is looking at, you know, the um, the coliforms, uh, sulfates and nitrates in the water. And so it's kind of a, a three-form assessment there. And so the nitrates, they um, don't affect pig health, or at least at, you know, lower levels, or pigs are more resistant to uh, nitrates. However, the sulfates, they can get an osmotic diarrhea if it's over 2,000 parts per million. And so we, we commonly see, you know, high sulfates in water, especially, you know, in our rural agriculture settings. And so just making sure that we understand that and take those um, into consideration. The coliform analysis, that's looking at uh, bacterial counts. And then you can also look at E. coli. It's broken out into a coliform, which are, you know, a specific bacterial group that may be pathogenic and may not be pathogenic. And then also E. coli, which also may not be pathogenic or pathogenic, um, depending. That that, uh, test detects general pathogens instead of, you know, pathogen-specific samples. So the trace mineral panel, we want to test and look at because if you have high mineral components such as calcium and magnesium, you and then depending on your pH of the water too, you can see if that those mineral components are going to build into the water lines themselves and then allow for that mineral framework um, to develop on the inside of your pipes. You can also see if you've got a high iron load as well as like, you know, zinc or, or other trace minerals like that, that 
you know, it's just a good baseline to try to understand what's going on in your water so that you can tackle those problems with your disinfectants appropriately. Yeah, so I think that was just to give you guys a little bit of background on how to collect water samples, um, what tests to run, because that's really important when actually deciding on a disinfectant or a treatment. And so we'd kind of recommend doing water quality and trace mineral testing every six months, as well as water biology testing every turn. So if it's a wean to finish barn every time before you get new pigs in, that way you can kind of track what's growing in your lines and if there's changes in your water quality over time. And then anytime you suspect any sort of treatment failure or some sort of issue. So things like restricted water flow, plugged water nipples, those would all kind of lead you to think, maybe I have a water issue and we should do some sampling and testing. So with that, let's kind of dig into the different disinfectants and different treatment options that we have. So you wanna select a chemistry that's effective for your water. So use those test results to guide your treatment selection. And there's kind of two different buckets of of water treatment. There's terminal, so that's when pigs are not in the barn and we run a high concentration of disinfectant through the lines and it really just kind of completely cleans and disinfects the line. That's kind of the thought process behind terminal. And then residual disinfection is a lower concentration when the pigs are in the barn and basically it keeps that water quality in check over time because obviously the water can, the quality can deteriorate over time and so this is something that can be done to keep high quality water in front of the pigs all the time. So with that, with any of your treatments, you need to consider legality of the product and how it should be used. So some of these products that we'll mention coming up are EPA products, and those products you cannot use extra label. So it'll be important that you kind of do some digging if you're gonna use one of these products, um, that you kind of dig into the label and, and use it according to the label. So with that, the first treatment that we're going to talk about is chlorine dioxide. This is used for residual disinfection. So this is used like continuously when the pigs are in the barn. It's effective against bacteria, viruses, algae, and then it also descales. So it takes the crusty mineral stuff off of the edges of the, of the water pipe. To apply it, it needs a special activating ingredient and a special chemical injector pump. So you might need some new equipment in your barn. One thing to note is it is corrosive, so you need to wear PPE when handling, and there's some really serious safety considerations that you need to take when you're using it. So that might kind of impact your decision onto whether you use it or not. Dosing-wise, one part per million is typically used for residual disinfection, but it can be dosed from three to five part parts per million for increased palatability. So we wanna make sure if we're running a residual disinfectant that the pigs are still getting as much water as they need so that higher dose can increase palatability. And you may need to increase it up to five parts per million if farms have high iron. So the next one I want to touch on is parasitic acid. Some common product names um, for this is Aquaprime Parasite 15, Sid Pro 2000, and Parasite. So this is another disinfectant. This one's a little different, so it can be residual, which is when the pigs are in the barn, or it can be terminal disinfectant, where we put a high dose through between um, turns of pigs. This is effective against bacteria, viruses, algae, molds. Again, it's corrosive, so you wanna make sure you're in a well-ventilated area and using PPE when you're mixing it. Some pros for this one is it's really easy to apply and ready to use, so you can just buy jugs of this disinfectant and use your water medicator 
to dose that appropriately into the into the water lines. Some cons, it may, depending on your water quality, it may need more ap application time to be effective at terminal disinfection. So you'll need that barn to be empty for a few days to allow that to sit in the line um, and, and fully clean it. You must also hit a specific pH to be effective. So you wanna make sure you're able to test that pH of the, the water in the water lines when the disinfection disinfectant is present to make sure that it's gonna, it's gonna work, so. Yep, exactly. And just be careful with legalities with this. Some of these products are EPA approved and others are, are not. So just really pay attention and make sure you're looking at your labels and, and make sure that they're used appropriately, like uh, Dr. Peterson had mentioned before. So a few other products that we'll talk about or disinfectants we'll talk about is peroxide, chlorine, and some acids. And so peroxide first, it can be used as a residual or terminal uh, disinfectant. It's effective against bacteria, viruses, algae, protozoa, and it also descales. It's relatively safe to use and pretty uh, easy to administer. And some pros too with that is that they're not pH dependent. There's no resistant pathogens known currently with this, and it's also a good oxidizer. Some cons is that the peroxide products tend to be a little bit more expensive. They have longer contact times and then can also require higher concentrations to be effective. Some product names that you might be familiar with is Fortisolve, SidClean, and Siloxicide. The second one we're going to talk about is chlorine, and so this can be used as a chlorine gas or bleach, although chlorine gas requires special equipment, has uh, really big safety concerns when this one, and is pretty highly regulated, so it's not as readily available as some other products. You know, terminal only is bleach, so this is something that, you know, I've seen commonly used as a waterline disinfectant, just household bleach. However, like we had mentioned before, EPA products, we can't use them extra labely. And so because bleach doesn't say that we can use it in water lines when pigs are in the farm, unfortunately, that's just not a, a method that we can use for a residual disinfectant. You can use it as a terminal, but just you can't use it when the pigs are in the barn. There's also been some evidence that maybe chlorine uh, does have some resistance mechanisms um, against it. So it can work on bacteria, some viruses, uh, algae, and it also can remove iron and manganese. But just be careful as we have seen some developed resistance from some of these organisms to chlorine products. It's also inexpensive, but cons is that, you know, it, it's pH dependent and then that resistance factor. The final one we're going to talk about is acids, and so this can be used as a terminal or a residual disinfection. It works on bacteria, viruses, and also descales, but I will tell you um, we have seen some problems working with acids in fungus development in the water lines, and so you can see, you know, pretty quickly fungus can develop when those acids are used and, and can also, um, yeah, continue to grow in the water lines after that. Some pros of using it is that it has good efficacy when it's used correctly and also can drive growth promotion, but some cons uh, can promote fungal and algae growth, and then you need longer contact times um, with the product to the water to actually be disinfected. Some products you might be familiar with are Aquaprime Trigger, ChemSan, Agrocid uh, Super Complete, and Citric Acid, which is pretty commonly used on, on farms. And so how often should water lines be in dis disinfected was the question. And so there's no hard and fast numbers or data on any of this. 
you know, suggested timing based on um, some of my regrowth data. So we're looking at a study right now on how quickly biofilm regrows. And we've actually found that biofilms can be um, growing within the first three to seven days or are active after that. So it grows back pretty quickly, which is why we suggest a terminal disinfectant at least once a turn when the pigs are not in the barn to really remove anything that you know could have grown in that time period. And then also having a residual disinfectant so that it stays, you know, stays inactive. Yeah, I think that's a good point too, because, you know, water lines and pig barns are not a closed system there's there's ways bacteria can get bacteria viruses really any pathogen can get into that water line so that residual kind of helps protect throughout the time that the turn of pigs is in there right yeah yep exactly so there's two really main points of you know contact it's either coming through the barn um through the wells and there could be contamination at the well, or it could be from in the rooms itself. So the pigs can, you know, as they're drinking on those water nipples and in and, and their wet to dry feeders, those biofilms can seed into the pipes. And so it's important to make sure that you've got both of those so that you've got clean water lines or as clean as possible um, during those turns. Perfect. So the final question that we had from this producer was, does water quality impact drug drug efficacy? And in short, we don't fully know. There is some data. So DOOR et al. uh, published in 2009 in the Journal of Swine Health and Production, a paper called The Impact of pH Modifiers and Drug Exposure on the Solubility of Pharmaceutical Products Commonly Administered Through Water Delivery Systems. So what that means is they basically took different commonly used water meds, so antibiotic powders, um, as well as aspirin. They mixed them together according to the label, and then they mixed them with each other in different combinations. So basically what they were looking at was, do the products react with each other? And then they also mixed them with citric acid, so with a pH modifier. So that made it more of an acidic solution. So they're kind of trying to see, are there any reactions between the drugs themselves? Is there a reaction with acid? What does that look like? And so what they found is nine of the 12 products had reactions when mixed with citric acid. And so I think this is really important when you're thinking about disinfectant, because some of the ones that we talked about, like Dr. Don was talking about using acids as a residual disinfectant, what we saw in this paper was that a lot of antibiotic products react and create a precipitate in acid, basically. So you want to make sure if you're disinfecting lines, that that disinfectant is all the way flushed out before you administer uh, water medication. And then we, this paper also find that, found that many combinations of drugs created precipitates when they were mixed together. So this, these precipitates can clog the uh, medicator itself, they can clog water lines, they can clog water nipples, and then they really impede therapeutic doses to the pigs, right? Because we mix up our water meds at a dose that we want to get to the pig. So we want to make sure we're doing things that minimize any sort of precipitate in that drug. So we really need more research on the impact of water quality itself on solubility and efficacy of water medications. And just the topic of water quality in general is kind of a a big, it's an exciting topic. There's a lot of interest in it right now. 
but it's a big area that we need more research. And so, Dr. Dawn, do you mind kind of giving us some key takeaways from the research you're doing so far? Yeah, yep. So my current research has been primarily looking at biofilm regrowth after a a one-time disinfection event. And so we applied a a disinfectant and then we were monitoring before um, biofilm growth and then after biofilm growth, both in the, you know, the water itself, were we improving water quality? After a one-time disinfection event, we were also taking samples of waterline sections, and then we were submitting to look at how much biofilm is growing. We were also looking at, are there antimicrobial resistance genes uh, within the water lines? What's the biofilm composition? You know, et cetera, with that. And so we were looking at, like I had mentioned previously, you know, biofilm seems to grow pretty quickly after a terminal line cleaning. So making sure that we've got a residual on board is kind of a takeaway from that. Also testing, you know, the water from different rooms too, because throughout our data, we've seen, you know, there are differences between the well um, samples, you know, that water quality, and then also the water quality within the rooms itself. And then we've also seen, you know, there have been some phenotypic, you know, some resistant bacteria that have been growing on the plates that, that may potentially have impacts to the pig. And then we have seen like, I mean, pretty significant biofilm loads, even, you know, there's some, like as as far as amount of biofilms, there's like 3.3 billion colony forming units per mill. So pretty significant uh, biofilm loads on some of these farms that we've seen. So, you know, just yeah, I guess that's really what we can take away now. The the study is still ongoing and a lot of our results are still preliminary. So I reserve the right to get smarter with this, but but yeah, no, some really exciting stuff, and I'm excited to see where else the re, uh, the research takes us. Yeah, we're excited to to see and hear what you learn on this topic, and I think you know we always talk about feed, water, and air being three huge factors that impact pigs, and I think sometimes we assume that like the water's fine because we don't think about it that much, but it's probably something that needs looked into more closely. Yeah. Yeah. And some some ways that you can know if, you know, how do you how do I know if I have a water problem? If you're having plugged water nipples, you're having like a restricted flow rate at some of your like especially at the ends of the water lines or you just feel like the water isn't filling those cup waters as effectively, you know, you're seeing mineral deposits outside of the water line pipes if there's any like leaking or anything or inside of the water inside of your water medicator. Or, you know, if your filters are being clogged um, pretty rapidly, that would be an indicator that maybe you got a water quality problem and you should dig into it a little bit more. Absolutely. Well, some key takeaways from today is uh, we really want to make sure that probably the biggest thing is that water quality testing is important before selecting a cleaner or disinfectant. So the question that we focused on was what cleaners are best, which one to use, but that's really site specific. So testing is important and testing in multiple multiple locations is also important. There are many chemistries to choose from for disinfection. We covered a few of them today. And then consider water testing every six months or one time per turn or anytime you suspect a problem. So like Dr. Don mentioned, anytime you have a plugged nipple, water start running slow, might be a time to start doing a little water testing. How does uh, water quality impact water medications? We don't have a ton of research, but we know that water meds are impacted by pH and presence of other medications. So more research is needed. 
Dr. Don is, is doing a lot of great research in this area, and so we're excited to be able to share um, more of her findings as they, as they become available. Thank you again for joining us today. Yeah, thanks for having me. Always happy to talk about water topics. So. <laughs> That's right. So as I mentioned, discussed resources and summaries can be found in the podcast notes associated with the podcast. If you have any trouble with accessing or if you have a question you'd like feature on the podcast, please email us at isusmec at iastate.edu. Please share and watch for our next episode. We'll discuss and answer more swine health topic questions. Have a great day and week. Thanks for tuning in. A special thank you to Iowa Pork Producers Association for making this podcast possible through their sponsorship. Mm-hmm.